Hello, Daniel. It's my real pleasure to meet with you again today. So wonderful to see you too, Emily. Thank you. Thank you for, for reaching out and offering your time and your, your knowledge, your experience. Because, you know, uh, in my series of uh, real life stories for real people of the world or from real people of the world, I'm trying to bring different perspective from people who are living in different countries other than U.S., uh, Canada, or planning to, to relocate some business. So I found that my conversation with you today might bring a lot of valuable information and a piece of advice is for our listeners. I'm at your service and hopefully I will be as real a person as I can. Yes, we, we are both real, authentic people. Sure. And I know that we are both have desire uh, to help people in Central America, in this particular case, uh, community building in, in countries we have already connection with. And uh, please tell about your experience because I know you have years uh, of living experience in Honduras. Uh, you engaged with uh, business initiatives in El Salvador and Guatemala in countries, which uh, many people from Western world, it's not there maybe to travel other than some adventurous souls, but you found, I would say, your passion, your business interest, your uh, desire to help uh, local people. Please explain why and how are you doing it? Sure. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, Emily. First of all, I, I think really the interest, the first step into Honduras for me was my sister did some missionary teaching there. And uh, she, she spent two years in Honduras. And I never, I was in the army at the time. I never visited her there. But my parents did. And they met some of her friends. Um, and uh, in, uh, she, in 2000, she was tragically killed in a car accident. And I, I met some of her, uh, a, a few of her friends, and uh, we became friends. And I ended up going down and doing a mission trip with my parents. If you've never really done anything outside the country, and that was, that was, that was probably my first time to really go and experience another culture. You know, it's a little bit of a controlled environment, right? Because it's a mission group. So somebody's picking you up someplace and taking you someplace and, and they're doing all the thinking about what are the, you know, I, the opportunity was that I said yes and I showed up and then they, they controlled the experience. But then at the end of that mission trip, I went over to the island of Roatan and spent some time diving with some of my sister's friends. That was really kind of, we figured it out as we got there. We didn't, we'd never been. We didn't know what we were doing. We, we found an affordable place to stay, which is probably not where I'd be staying now, but uh, it was, it was nice. It was affordable. We got to see things and do things that you just don't get to do in most of, of the U.S. And then uh, eventually I was introduced by my sister's friend to uh, my wife now and uh, so we start. We, we dated off and on. She was spent some time in the U.S. and I spent some time in Honduras. And um, and then uh, I decided I wanted to marry her. And uh, I was doing some contract work in the U.S. and she had a successful business in Honduras. And so really, we made about the same money. And I said, well, it's it's more fair for me to quit my job that I you know my I just have a job, but she has a business. And so uh, moved down to Honduras in 2006 
and help my wife run her textile export business. And that really, I learned so much about the country and some of the lessons are harder to learn than others. There are uh, unique challenges, but that's what they are. They're, they're challenges. And you, as you um, start to live in the environment and understand the people and, and the systems that are in place, they get easier to navigate. And, and I mean, if you think about it, there, there's places in the U.S. you shouldn't be at at 2 o'clock in the morning, right? Okay. <laughs> there's just, in every country you can find such in a In every country you can find places where you should not be for whatever reason, right? Um, and so those were unique experiences. And you, as you start to learn now, I'm, I'm at a point where I travel all over Central America. And I don't have, I have cautions. I know what to look for, but, you know, I don't go out where I don't know the area without somebody who knows, you know, you, you, it's just like getting to know any other new area. And what I'm looking at right now is my, my wife and I built a nursing school in Honduras and uh, it's really transforming the lives of the people around in that area. It's, it's producing nurses, which is increasing, you know, their healthcare level across an entire city. And so now we're working with some bishops in El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras to help solve some of the systemic problems and some of the opportunities that we're seeing as we look toward how can we bring opportunity to these countries is we're starting to get business offers of, hey, I'd like to do some manufacturing in Central America. I can see how that could save me, like, like call it nearshoring, right? Rather than have the, the production in Asia, and then you get stuck in the line trying to get back into the U.S., here you have, you know, like CAFTA is, is a really good incentive for producing goods here in Central America. And you can go up either coast from Honduras, right? You can go with the Pacific coast or you can go to the Atlantic coast. And they even have uh, something called a dry canal where you unload the containers in, uh, in the south of Honduras and you, they have good highways that take you up to the north port. And then you can put it back on a boat and go go over to the other side of, of uh, in the, into the Atlantic or into the Gulf of Mexico. So those are the kind of opportunities that, that I'm kind of seeing. What kind of questions do you want to know about living? It's amazing, actually, what are you doing and uh, your story of uh, finding your love and life in Honduras. And what is interesting for me is that Honduras became not enough for you. You you reached to other country, neighboring country, you you kind of covering the whole region of uh, not very economically developed countries actually to help them to be more uh, developed, uh, to actually bring education, to bring uh, resources and uh, like nursing school, like you set up a college. I, I'm just surprised when you... No, School, uh, there was a woman who had a nursing program, but it was not up to code. So she didn't meet the government requirements. She was a, a priest and she was teaching out of her church. And so they needed a facility that checked all of the boxes. And so we, we found some partners and we helped build a, a modern school. And it also has a space for a clinic. So they're, they're able to provide medical care for the local community. And uh, there, there's even capacity to build a dental area. Sorry, my dog's being nice. So uh, I'm just thinking, uh, so you're engaging through some uh, governmental, uh, you know, organization because three countries, kind of with all respect, they have borders and they have different uh, leaders, which might be not always uh, 
uh, engaging straightforward with each other. Oh, I understand you're working through the Catholic Church in uh, where your mission. It's it's very interesting, I would say, engagement. Yeah, so it's actually the bishops are part of the Episcopal Church, but yeah, I completely agree with you in principle, right? And we are reaching out to the Catholics and to the uh, to other Protestant uh, branches. It's not it's not like it's an Episcopal movement. Uh, the goal is to help stabilize the countries and create opportunities so that people don't feel like they have to flee to the U.S. That's the goal. And then I think ideally we we learn lessons about how to solve some issues with systemic poverty and generating opportunity and business that we can export to other parts of the impoverished world. So I, I know that you also loved Digital Nomad, so I can talk a little bit about that as well. Okay. You know, my... Yeah, I, I'm a cybersecurity consultant. Yeah. I can work from anywhere in the world that there's good internet, and there's good internet in in the cities of Central America. And so um, there's fiber optics. I used to have fiber optics in my house when I lived down there, uh, and that was over 10 years ago. So oh, in Honduras, in each country, in Guatemala, in uh, El Salvador, I understand it's not in a remote village, but it's very important to point out. So good internet connections in the main uh, cities, hubs, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially if you, like, if, if that's, that's important to you, first of all, I'm sure the modern facilities that you, that you uh, are, are so plugged into where they're kind of like groups for expats, I'm sure they, they're doing everything the right way. They're making sure that yeah. people can work from on, online. Uh, and and like I, I was just really close to telecommunications industrial park. So it was very easy for me to get fiber optics in my house. And and even so, I mean, it's all over the city now. I, I, I also ended up, I ran a physical security company for a while and we were able to get, you know, really good quality internet there too. And again, this was... Uh, over 12 years ago. So this is not like, I mean, it's only, it's only better now. <laughs> so, yeah. So I believe with the upcoming um, crowds of digital nomads to El Salvador, <laughs> your business will be more and more in need, maybe already. So what what's going on now in El Salvador? Like people are already flocking. I mean, um, you know, digital nomads, uh, cryptocurrency investors or just adventurous souls who are looking for better places to live, please enlighten us. Yeah, so after we finished the nursing school, we really connected with these bishops. And so um, it's very interesting because, you know, we're trying to chisel away at the problems of this irregular migration, right? People leaving, getting human traffic. There's a lot of uh, darkness there, leaving broken families, separated there's a lot of struggles with that going into debt to get to the U.S., for example. And so one of the things that we're, that we're doing is we're learning about what are the unique resources that each of these three countries have. Each one has something a little bit different with it. And uh, I have, I've been to El Salvador twice, but uh, I, I was supposed to go last December, uh, but unfortunately I caught COVID. But my team went and they, uh, you know, El Salvador is really forward thinking in some interesting areas. Like they have linked their currency to crypto. Yeah. So they, they have now Bitcoin as a national currency. My network there, 
they really work well together across like denominations. Churches are working with churches. Nonprofits are working with nonprofits. There really is a good infrastructure that's trying to bring improvements to the people. And as that quality of life for the people goes up, as their security and safety goes up, it just makes it better for everything. It makes it better for business. It makes it better to travel. It makes it better to to, uh, live there. A lot of these countries do offer incentives for business, for uh, people who are interested in relocating there. Um, I, I, I was a resident of Honduras for over four years. It let me come and go as I wanted. Obviously, mine was through, uh, it was a marriage thing. There's, there's, there were some hoops to jump through to, to get the residency. But once you have it, it's, it becomes home, right? So, you know, there's that line for, for foreigners and then there's the line for residents and citizens. And you get to go in that line that's usually shorter and moves faster. And it's almost like, hey, welcome home. We're glad to have you back. Do you speak Spanish, by the way? I do speak Spanish fairly well. Yeah, I understand it uh, very well, and I, I speak it. Bastante bien, creo. I see. Do, do you find any actual cultural or other differences between these three countries, uh, which are sharing the borders, but culture, but probably there are different? Yes, uh, there is a huge uh, Mayan presence in Guatemala. There actually, I know missionaries that go to Guatemala to teach Guatemalans how to speak Spanish because they don't know they're Mayans and they live in the, there's over seven, well, there's seven main Mayan languages. They can't come into the city and find a job because they don't speak the language. And so uh, I I have a friend that runs a Spanish school for, it's crazy, a Spanish school in a Spanish speaking country to teach the people how to speak Spanish, but it, it gives them opportunity. And that's one of the things that we really like there. I really love Guatemala City. That is one of the most beautiful cities I've ever been in. Um, mm-hmm. It has so much green space. Yeah, I've you know? been in Guatemala City. Oh, it's beautiful. And they and, and they keep it clean. They, yeah. the, they really, um, you will see people out cleaning the streets every day. And, you know, obviously that's that's good work, but it just, it makes such a difference when you're going through a city and you're not seeing trash piled up. It is a beautiful city. Uh, I went to uh, to see some of the ruins and some of the old buildings and traveled the country. I rented a car. I drove cross country. Again, I think, you know, being able to speak the language and, and or having a guide or somebody who can help navigate that uh, makes a big difference. I'm going back to Guatemala next week. So, so what about El Salvador? El Salvador, it's been a while since I've been, but uh, I went to a resort in El Salvador, you know, on the beach. It was beautiful. Um, there was a lot of, I mean, it was like like a resort anywhere else in the world that's, you know, beautiful and focused on uh, providing excellent service. And it was uh, amazing. And then also I, I went into San Salvador one time uh, to see a Shakira concert. Don't tell my friends. <laughs> She's uh, pretty amazing. Uh, my wife and I had a really, really good time. And uh, again, this, especially in the in the cities, it's modern. You find pretty much everything you want. When I would go to the U.S., I would buy the latest and greatest stuff, right? Because that stuff would be, you know, either ex- extremely expensive 
and it was just easier for me to bring it myself. But I mean, you know, if my computer had lost a memory chip, it was the easy to replace, you know, there's, and the labor of getting things repaired and stuff would just blow your mind. I, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. There are problems with just like, just like the U.S. healthcare system is a bit of a mess. I'm sure these countries' healthcare systems are a mess, but the difference is the paid, the private medical was unbelievable, unbelievably affordable. I got really, really sick one, one time, like a stomach, stomach issue, right? And I, I went in and uh, got really dehydrated. And I was like, I'm weak. I, I got to go to a doctor. So she took me to this private hospital, uh, walked in. They took my blood and it, I'll just, <laughs> they, they put the, the stent in and then they just like squirted blood into a vial. You know, something you'd never see. But here's what blew my mind. 20 minutes later, they had my blood results, knew exactly what I had. I mean, that in the U.S. would have taken two days, right? Yeah. So, so, so level of technology and actually level of care, personal care coming from doctors, it's what I found personally in Costa Rica. My personal experience were not... Uh, Actually, it was a little bit in, in Guatemala, but mostly in Costa Rica and Mexico, the care of the doctors and nurses, it's what I found really amazing <laughs> because uh, our system, sometimes it's very cold, I would say, in regards to patient. A hundred percent agree with you. And, and, you know, that I was there for maybe an hour and a half. They gave me two IV bags with some uh, antibiotics and it. it was feeling so much better when I left. And my wife freaked out because the bill at this emergency room was $200. Okay. No, it's love for you. For local people, it's probably a different story. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. But, I mean, think about that. I mean, where can you even walk into an emergency room in the United States and not pay $15,000 just for walking in? And, and that's not a deductible. That's like your bill is paid $200. Um, it was... It was amazing. And I, you know, again, every time I've had medical care, dental care is excellent. I saw, I've seen specialists for like 20 bucks, 40 bucks. So you're speaking about El Salvador now or Honduras? Just in Honduras. Honduras. Yeah. Yeah. Honduras. In Honduras. Sorry. Yeah. Honduras. That's where I spend most of my time, honestly. But again, all of the, all of the big cities are modern. You can get where you need to go. You can get what you need to have. The hotels are all beautiful, um, the higher end hotels. Uh, and then, of course, there are also some options, the more affordable options that are also safe. Uh, yeah. And I believe with, uh, you know, wave of uh, professionals and people coming from West to El Salvador, thanks to the uh, Bitcoin became, uh, you know, currency for the country and other business opportunities, which uh, government of uh, El Salvador, in this case, uh, really opening for businessmen, for entrepreneurs, for everyone who would like to live and join and develop this country. I believe there is a big future ahead in El Salvador as well uh, in other countries who would be engaged with your projects or with projects of other people who would bring the opportunities, uh, investment and knowledge uh, to this region. I completely agree with you, Emily, and I, I, I will I will tell you too that if you have a business and you're growing it, there are people uh, in these countries that really want to work, and they're 
really, you know, the, the level of education, it, it varies greatly. Uh, you can find engineers, you can find doctors, you can find whatever you whatever you need, really. And even to the point of unskilled labor, but people who, who have a desire to want to learn a vocation. The, the lives that we changed by providing that nursing school, you know, it was mainly serving single moms that had no way to support their families. And now they're desperately needed. I mean, so it's a nurse's aid program. So a two-year program. And in the U.S., you know, that's that might have you cleaning bedpans and, you know, doing basic nursing. I, I really don't know. But in Honduras, these these women, primarily women, are going on to uh, be ambulance e- EMTs. They are um, running hospitals like they're running the entire administration for the hospital, uh, you know, keeping track of files, giving uh, inoculations to babies assisting in surgeries, uh, setting broken bones. I mean, it's, it's just crazy because the need is so great. They have to grow in to a bigger, they're deli- deliver babies. I mean, they just do all sorts of things because that's who they have. And if without that school, they wouldn't have those people and those people and those women wouldn't have the ability to uh, provide a good living for their family. You know, speaking with you, it's always inspiration for me to hear about um, not just life in different countries, which was always interesting to me, but about uh, projects, about development, about what you and people like you uh, already do in this uh, uh, region. What would be your piece of advice for other people who may be now considering uh, if they would like to go and to find opportunities or maybe life to open new life chapter in Central America, specifically in countries you are uh, represented now uh, for us, Honduras, uh, El Salvador, and Guatemala. What you would say? Sure. Well, first of all, speaking Spanish is great, but it's not really a requirement. You you can find areas where you will you will get you will get along. You can find people who can help you cross that boundary, right? That's a, the language boundary. Just like you try, it's like traveling anywhere, right? I, I would travel anywhere. In, well, I travel almost anywhere in the world. There are some countries that I I would avoid, but you just have to find somebody who knows. So I would the first thing I would do is I would find myself a subject matter expert, somebody who knows about the kinds of communities. Somebody like you, Emily. Thank you. Thank you. So actually, you know, I have some connection in El Salvador, in Honduras, not Guatemala yet. I've been uh, personally in Guatemala, but I will be now looking in this direction as well. But please continue. Yeah, no, uh, and as I build out my connections there, I'm happy to to plug you in wherever wherever you want to be plugged. Thank you. I think the opportunities that people just don't get and and it's a it's a different way of life. I mean, yes. if you love the beaches, you can own a piece of a beach somewhere. It's it's uh you know, that's not that's not affordable for most people in the US, right? I mean, yes. that's that's different and, and and you know these communities that i know that you're involved in you know having built a relationship with you they're starting from the the like we know that we're building a community for americans so the people who are going to come they're going to speak english 
we're going to already pre-negotiate your utilities so uh, so that that's all solved. You're going to have high-speed internet. You're going to have uh, reliable electricity. You're going to have plumbing, you know, good plumbing and stuff. Plumbing's not all over these countries, right? I mean, that, that's that's a luxury that not everybody has, but they're going to do it right. These planned communities, and uh, they they typically are growth-minded. They're thinking, okay, well, how when we fill up this part of the community, well, where can we go to build it bigger? It is a great opportunity to to learn about a new culture. I think um, digital nomads are really, you know, I, I can pick, I can take my laptop and go anywhere else in the world and and do what I do. So, you know, when my wife has an opportunity to open a new business someplace, I'm like, all right, let's go. So great, great to hear from you. And you know, I'm supporting community living. Uh, especially in these countries, and especially for Americans, Canadians, whoever you know would like to join, uh, because uh, I believe uh, uh, soon it will be several communities of like-minded people, professionals who really can bring value to the country, to to new projects they might be engaged with. So it's I'm excited even to think about it how. Uh, this country, uh, I believe, soon will be growing uh, really with speed unbelievable before, uh, helping uh, local people and helping people who would select this country's of, uh, place of living, maybe part-time, but actually engage in communities to bring their knowledge, uh, experience, and enjoy life, enjoy beaches, enjoy volcanoes, enjoy traveling, and learning about different cultures, about different people, because all this help us to open our mind even more and actually to learn something about ourselves. Not only about people around, but to find something maybe best of us and learn how to be better version of ourselves. Yeah, and I, I will just kind of say this in, in, in closing. I, I think a lot of us are looking around and seeing our countries aren't what we thought they were two years ago. Yes. And so just knowing, and, and I've traveled all through COVID to, to both uh, Honduras, Guatemala, and the Dominican Republic, and Mexico. I, I crossed into Mexico as well. Uh, to actually, and flew into Mexico. So t- twice I've been to Mexico. You know, you can find a place as as the world shifts. You should know what else is out there because you might find a place where you can live the kind of life you want to live in a better way. So, and having options is always always good. Thank you, Daniel. Just tips for you <laughs> and others. Like I'm in process of part-time relocation to Mexico now because actually I would like to get more connection and more information for other people about central Mexican states, which kind of less known to the uh, white uh, public. People know about beaches, but what's going on in central Mexico, you know, cultural, business, and living opportunities is what I'm about now. And I'm here to help everyone uh, actually to find the best place to live, work, or retire, to enjoy the life, to be part of the community, and to engage with community. And I'm really grateful for our conversation today. And I hope we will meet each other again, and we will have a lot of stories to share. Thank you, Daniel. On a a beach somewhere, right, Emily? 
maybe beach, maybe nice city, maybe in a border, maybe we will be engaged in some project, who knows? I think I would be I might be in El Salvador. I'm moving to Central America slowly, (laughs) at least with my business. I am blessed to have you as one of my subject matter experts who I can call and get my questions answered. And you are a real blessing to me. And and definitely, if you're not connected with uh, Emily, reach out, introduce yourself and ask her what it's like to live on the other side. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Very appreciate your words. See you.